Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, thanks very much for joining me. On this episode, we're going to talk about hybrid working and we're going to talk about rooftop gardens. But we're going to begin with a company called Solar Winds. Now, they opened their offices in Cork in 2007 and they're going from strength to strength. They're a global company providing simple, powerful and secure IT management software to other businesses right around the world. They have been increasing their office space at Citygate and Mahan, which is the company's EMEA headquarters. Its CEO is Sudhaka Ramakrishna. He's visiting the Cork office this week and I'm delighted to say he's taken time out of his schedule to talk to us. Hello, Sudhakar. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. And it's lovely to talk to you and uh, welcome back to Cork, as I think you've been here before. Tell us a little bit about SolarWinds and what you do. Yes, I've been to Cork several times. Um, SolarWinds, as you just introduced, is a global leader in IT operations management. By that, what uh, we mean is we build fantastic solutions that help customers manage their networks throughout the world, manage their applications, understand their security postures, and give them comprehensive visibility so that they understand the functioning of their environments, if there are any challenges and issues with it, how to detect them, and then ultimately how to resolve them. So their productivity increases, their complexity reduces, and they're able to manage their costs while keeping their environments secure. Okay, so you're doing two things. You're keeping them safe and uh, you're managing so the costs are kept down and processes run well. Absolutely. It's a massive industry. Why did SolarWinds choose to come to Cork? We've been in Cork uh, since 2007. And we started here, believe it or not, with two employees. And today we have more than 200 employees uh, in Ireland, predominantly in Cork, but with another office in Dublin. We found the talent here to be incredibly superior as well as committed to our customers and to our mission. And so that made it an easy choice for us to continue expanding in Cork uh, and in Ireland broadly. And we've made it the mainstay for us uh, on an international basis. And and recruitment is obviously important. If you didn't have the talent here, you couldn't recruit those 200 people. How important is it to engage with third-level universities so that you know you've got the right people coming through the door? It it is extremely important. And I probably don't have to say this to your listeners. You all have fantastic universities here with great and committed talent. And so that has been an incredible source of talent for us. In fact, some of the interns from the universities that come and work here, let's say during the summers, have converted to full-time employees and are leading many critical initiatives for us. Uh, And I'm a big fan of people earlier in their career, coming out of universities, getting breaks at multinational companies like SolarWinds and building careers and job opportunities for others as well. Everyone uh, who's in college is going to back to college uh, at the moment and getting ready for the new term. There is a little bit of anxiety amongst parents in particular and, and as it, amongst those looking to study as well about jobs in the tech sector. It's taken a bit of a bashing over the last while. What would you say to them to reassure them that there is still a decent career ahead of you if you go down the tech route? Well, I, I believe if you go down the tech route, not only is there a, a decent career, I would call it a fantastic set of opportunities uh, for any 
committed, persistent, and patient uh, student. What I will say is that digital transformation, as it's broadly called and sometimes overused, still has a very long runway ahead of it. Every business, regardless of the industry, is ending up to being a software business. Every business, regardless of the industry, has to use software and broadly speaking, technology to continue to perform and to continue to transform. And therein lies the opportunity for jobs and entrepreneurs to come up with creative ideas and pursuing a technology career or a education in tech is going to be rewarding. Um, the blip that people are seeing today in terms of the broader economy and a slowdown in jobs is, I would say, very temporary and will be fleeting and uh, hopefully will be behind us very soon as well. well. That would be good if it did happen. But the herd is out there and it's moving towards AI. It's the buzz phrase. Everyone's worried about cheating in their exams with chat GPT uh, and the impact it's going to have on, on the whole of society. It's undoubtedly going to have an impact. How worried are you about AI perhaps taking over some of the function that you currently provide your customers with? And more importantly, why should they work with you as opposed to having a career in AI? Uh, we've been investing in AI and what are known as AI ops technologies for the better part of two and a half years. So while there is a lot of buzz around AI this year, uh, I would consider ourselves to be early implementers, early pioneers of AI as it relates to IT operations management. So if anything, we are embracing it and embracing the possibilities of it. And the same should apply to either students or professionals. Because on one hand, there is a opportunity, let's call it for AI to consolidate routine jobs. But equally on the other side, there is gonna be tremendous new growth opportunities and new career opportunities as well. So broadly speaking, like with most technology disruptions and transformations, this will also present its challenges, but in my opinion, disproportionate opportunities for people who are open-minded and optimistic about this. Uh, you're, you're setting up a centre of excellence for sales development. Uh, that's kicking off, I think, early next month. How is that going to benefit the Cork operation as it sits globally? It's going to be a global function, number one. Uh, but the reason why we chose this um, facility to set up that global centre of excellence is the Cork office has tremendous sales professionals and sales experience already. So when you think about sales development reps, they will be early stage sellers in the future. So by housing them here alongside experienced salespeople, we nurture them, we groom them very, very quickly and set them up to take on bigger, better roles within the company as well as across various geographies within the company as well. You're meeting with Simon Coveney, the Minister for Enterprise and Trade, later this week. What are you going to tell him about the challenges? You paint a very nice picture of your time here in Cork, but uh, it's not without his challenges as well, particularly when it comes to housing and so on. Uh, what's your message for the Minister? I mean, the point you made about housing is uh, an incredible challenge uh, for us. Um, we have the good fortune of working on cutting edge technologies. We have the good fortune of potentially, um, potentially, potentially inviting very talented individuals to come work with us, but we don't have a place to house them or 
they don't have affordable housing around here. So that's been an incredible challenge that my team has brought up many times. And that's an area where I plan to talk to the minister about seeing what they are doing, what we can do, how we can work together as a community to hopefully improve it. Well, fingers crossed we're going to see continued growth for solar winds, uh, a fantastic success story right around the world and its EMEA headquarters here in Cork. Sudhakar Ramakrishna, CEO of SolarWinds, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you again. It's my pleasure. Now, the last time I spoke to the guest on the line, it was in deepest, darkest lockdown when he started out on a project that became a major success story and an example of how you don't necessarily need to be in the middle of the countryside if you want to grow your own grub. The Cork Rooftop Farm, which is continuing to sell produce to local restaurants and the public, is expanding with a new stall in the English market. Brian McCarthy, it's great to have you back on the podcast. How are you? Great, no, thanks very much for having me. I mean, when you started this, it was, uh, sure, God love him, he's trying to grow lettuce on the roof. Uh, but it, it, it's kind of taken off from there, hasn't it? Yeah, no, no, we've, we've come we've come away since, in, in fairness. Um, it's it's kind of hard to imagine. No, it's three and a half years on um, since we started. And yeah, there's been a lot of, a lot of things have happened in those three and a half years uh, to come to this point. And we've got a couple of market gardens open. We have the shop open underneath the rooftop. And we have a few more plans now in the works for next year as well that we got planning permission earlier in the year for. Uh, and now, you know, newest of all, we're opening the English market there now in the next week and a half or so. I mean, that that's really why we have you on to talk about that expansion, because is there a better place to put food on display other than the English market? And there is a bit of an irony in you guys taking over a butcher stall. It's very, very yeah. on point for 2023, isn't it? Well, look, we'll, 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 we'll not get too dug into that <laughs> inside of it, no, but... No, certainly. I think it's it's uh, it's it's a great opportunity for us to come in there, and we're chuffed to bits to be able to to feature our produce now in the English market. It's an iconic place in Cork, and for Cork food especially, it's it's the epicenter of of food culture, I guess. Um, and yeah, we're 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 super excited to be to be opening up in there and to be able to showcase what we do. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're going to be able to sell inside there, because look, you we, you, you are growing on a roof. Uh, it is somewhat seasonal. Uh, is the are we heading into the lean time of the year for the rooftop garden? Yeah, well, on the rooftop, we're lucky in that we have polytunnels, so we're able to produce pretty well all year round. What we do up there, so. One of the things we do mainly out there are microgreens and our leafy greens, both of which will be featuring in, in the in the English market. Um, so literally, our microgreens we harvest in front of the customer to order. So they'll be traveling, I don't know, what is it, probably three or 400 yards over to the English market, and then they'll be harvested in front of the customer there. So it doesn't get much much fresher than that. Mm, definitely not. And the, the good thing about stuff that's coming from your market is it's in front of you, it's fresh. It doesn't have to go on a massive journey to a warehouse, to a supermarket, back to your house. It really is grown around the corner. So in terms of carbon yeah. footprint, it doesn't get any better, does it? No, I, I suppose it's it's going back maybe to what we would have had an offer a long, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago in a lot more more availability where you were able to get local produce from your local farmers or your local producers a bit more readily available and um, so having that more prominent for people in Cork City I think is great Do you know what I mean in Cork City 
you know, back, you know, talking 50, 60 years ago, there used to be market gardens down Ballinlock and places like this where food was grown in the heart of the city. And it's nice to have that kind of thing returning uh, for the people of Cork. It, look, it's going to cost a little bit more uh, because of the way it is produced. It's organic. It's good for you. It's, it's all grown locally. Is price a factor when people are looking at it? Yeah, they can buy a head of lettuce down the road that might have come yeah. from Egypt or they can buy a head of lettuce that was grown on the top of the coal cay. It's going to cost you maybe a little bit more, but are, are people put off by that extra cost? Um, I think it, it, go, it comes down to your perception of you know value and what, what you want to feed yourself and what you want to put into your body. I mean, ultimately, as a percentage of what people's income is now, we're spending less now than ever than we, we have before um, on food. Um, and I think if, you're, if people are to put a bit more value into to, to eating really you know, nutritionally dense, locally sourced quality food, then it'll ha- it has massive health benefits for it. So it really is, you know, where do you prioritize the few pounds? Do you put it into, you know, a few extra, you know, some some really nice nutrient-dense food that's grown locally, supporting local jobs, or something that's been sprayed 10 times and imported from halfway across the world? You know? And I know some people are under pressure for money, but I, I really do feel like it's one of the best investments you can make is in good quality food for yourself or your family, John. Now, I understand a head of lettuce. Uh, microgreens are something slightly different. You mentioned them earlier. Yeah. What are microgreens? So microgreens, we, we grow quite a lot of them on the rooftop. Um, so they, they, they grow especially quickly and they're, so they're grown just using the, seed, the energy from the seeds. So we, again, we don't add any, any fertilizers or anything like that. They're grown in, in compost. They take, take traditionally in the summertime between seven to 10 days, then in the winter, they, they might go from 14 to 20 days to grow. So they're very uh, efficient way for us to grow a lot of food. And they're very nutri- nutrient-dense because they're using just the energy from the seed. So f- to give an example of something like broccoli microgreens, you'd have, say, 40 times by weight the amount of vitamin E in a broccoli microgreen than you would, say, in the head of broccoli equivalent. Um, so it's it's a very efficient way for you to get your your nutrient kind of fix and it's they're incredibly tasty they're really packed full of flavor as well so people people when they buy them from us and they might have tried them before they they're kind of taken back by just how flavorful they are they kind of tend to get a bit hooked on them so it's um yeah it's 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 something that's not readily available either so it's 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 a nice unique one for us yeah absolutely when it's more from more from less uh which is 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 really what you're doing there yeah Um, the farm is still fully functioning on the top of of the coal cay the irish weather is it's been hit and miss it's raining for most of the summer it's pretty windy now this week yeah um do do you ever kind of go up there and go oh jesus why did i do this (laughs) you know what we've got We've got jobs for all weather occasions. So luckily on the rooftop, if it's coming down, cats and dogs outside, we can do plenty of jobs indoors. You just have to, to cater for it. But there's never a day where you don't have a list of jobs as long as you're armed to do. So we just get on with it. There's, you know, whether it's good or bad weather, we have to get out into it some days as well. So that's just part and parcel of it. I think we're lucky in, in our market gardens. We're not too affected by really wet weather. And because of our setup, we're not trying to bring big tractors in into fields and things like that where we can get stuck, where it's all hand harvested. So um, we don't get too affected yeah. by, by that bad weather. We get, you know, there's some days there where 
we're leaving and we're literally soaked to our skin, but at least we're able to get in and get the job done. <laughs> yeah, you're not put so, out by a bit of water, thankfully. No, uh, and sure, look, if once you're wet, you're wet. Yeah, that's it. Like you can only get wet once, as yeah, I yeah, try yeah, to reassure exactly. myself standing <laughs> at the side of a pitch at the weekend. Uh, the other thing that you've been doing is you've been going down the road of subscriptions and vegetable boxes. Yeah. I see it's on your website, uh, corkroof.farms.ie. I'm always fascinated by them because I, I the, the American ones, they look terrible. Uh, I, I'm, just, I'm not convinced. Uh, whereas, you know, at least when you're getting something from you guys, I, I know I'm going to be able to use all of it. Yeah, well, that we, we do we do try and rotate things really with the seasons and give what's in abundance at that time of year and give people a good variety and a good mix so that they can, you know, they can plan, you know, they can have a nice variety of meals throughout the week or whatever whatever share of a, of edge box they're getting. And, you know, if, if when you're eating that way as well, you know, you're kind of at this time of year now you've got all the winter squashes you've got leeks you've got um you know like we've got we've our next batch of potatoes are coming on there's like carrots are actually and beetroots are are in absolute great condition now at the moment um probably another two weeks of tomatoes left so we'll savor them while we have them yeah. Um, so there's always a great variety there you know well look we wish you and the team the best of luck uh, open in the english market the next couple of weeks yeah we're hoping by the end of next week we'll be Cutting the ribbon on it and ready to go. Right. And of course, you can always head down to the Cold K, corkrooftopfarm.ie. Brian McCarthy, I, I can't wait to hear what's next in the adventure for you. Thanks so much for joining us again on Red Business. Cheers. Thanks, Dan. Now, recruitment expert Karen O'Reilly of EmployFlex has been talking about the benefits of flexible working conditions for years at this point. She's now warning companies that they are at risk of losing experienced women if they don't offer flexibility, particularly mothers who are trying to juggle work and home life. Karen O'Reilly, how are you? Not too bad, Jonathan. How are you? I'm very well. Wasn't this the nightmare of employers, though? Those women wanting to spend time with their families, the nightmares. Uh, you know, has it come to pass for the most part? And uh, have we now got people who are getting the balance right? Well, yeah, I suppose, you know, uh, we're post-COVID now and uh, it's been one of the, the positive things that has come out from, from COVID. Um, whereas before um, COVID, we there was definitely a pushback against flexible work and employers had you know um were arguing that they didn't trust their people to work from home they didn't have the technology they didn't have the security etc cetera, etc cetera. but i suppose we proved we we proved that we could work from home and we could uh, work flexibly so all those arguments went out the window but there is definitely a strong appetite now from candidates in the market and flexibility is the number one thing that they are requesting when they're looking for work now. Um, how, um, how, how much of a factor is it, though, in the decision-making process? Has the power gone back to the employee as opposed to the other way around? Well, it's a, an extremely tight labour market at the moment. So it is definitely an employee's market at the moment. Um, and, you know, particularly mothers, uh, they had a taste of the flexibility they have a taste of hybrid working and remote working and they know they can do it and and they're wondering why why does my company want me back in now and why do i have to do those 50 60 hours and commutes that i was doing pre-covid they're totally unnecessary you know so there is that pushback now from parents and everybody in the workplace really not just mothers but we are seeing here in employ flex and employ mom what we call a, a flexitus of women who are we're leaving senior jobs because um, they're finding it completely unsustainable and they're, they're just fed up and they don't want to do it anymore. And they are 
going towards companies that are offering genuine flexibility. But the employer is terrified. If, if, if she's not chained to the desk for 40 hours a week, then productivity <laughs> will fall away and, and the world will end. And, and as a result, then they'll be paying money for nothing. Had to, again, I have to go back. Has that come to pass? And uh, what happens to a woman's productivity if she decides to go a different route? Well, you know, all, all the studies have shown that pro- the productivity productivity levels have actually gone up if you offer flexibility. And and what you do get when you uh, offer flexibility also is you obtain the sticky talent, what we call sticky talent, the people who are going to to stay with you. And, you know, you'll get loyalty back in, in, in spades for, you know, for offering this flexibility. And look, you know, the women that we have in our database, they are generally, they're mostly mothers. Um, and they, some of them have been out of work for a while and they're coming back. Some of them just want to step down from their senior roles and some of them just want a flexible role. Mm. But, but the big thing about these women is generally they are mothers, so they have children, they have mortgages and, you know, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to be running off to Australia any day soon, you know. So these people are rooted to uh, the place and um, they are the type of talent you want mm. to get because, so, um, you're, you're, you know, your staff uh, retention rates are going to be higher. Yeah. So women are leaving, they're choosing to leave jobs because they're burning out and they're getting stressed out. But how many women then, by contrast, are afraid to ask for flexibility in case they don't get it, number one, or it might affect their chances of promotion? So, you know, are women holding back? Are they making decisions in anticipation of being told, no, you can't have that? Well, there's, there certainly does exist in some companies and some organisations, you know, and that springs from the culture and comes from the very top. And there is such a thing called, you know, the motherhood penalty. Uh, certainly not a new phenomenon, but um, it has been exasperated by COVID and, and issues of burnout now. And I suppose the mother penalty is really the price that women pay for growing their families when they're in the workplace. And, uh, you know, the statistics show that mums in the workplace are less likely to be chosen for new roles and promotions. They will earn lower salaries and they will be held to a higher standard than fathers and non-mothers. Um, you know, the, the motherhood penalty actually studies have shown um, accounts for 80 percent of the gender pay gap. So, you know, mothers really are up against it, you know, and it's really an oversight on, the, on behalf of employers to overlook this fantastic talent out there for reasons of not giving them flexibility. You know, uh, and that's why most women are leaving the workplace because. Mm. They, they haven't got that flexibility. It's just so short-sighted, really. Yeah, look, I, I've been subscribing to this myself for many years and the way that I deal mm. with my own company is that, you know, yeah. have the best person in the job and be as flexible as you can. It, it's just, I suppose, the result of having been a reporter and a shift guy all my life, I've been in and out. Surely you should do the best thing you can to hold on to the talent that you have rather than dancing on the head of a pin, which is what a lot of companies end up doing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And look, we're we're all about solutions here in Employ Flex, like, and um, we would uh, um, encourage companies to. There's many things they can do to attract this talent and to keep them in the workplace. And one one thing we actually do need is, is to have men as allies. Like, it's not the the women versus the men. You know, we need men to step up and say, look, uh, you know, I I have I have I have a mom, I have a wife, I have a sister who's a mom. You know, I can understand that you need this flexibility. And also, we need to get rid of the Irish mammy's boys mentality. You know, we need men to help us shoulder the household management and the parental responsibilities as well. That's, and that's a big issue that women are shouldering the, the household management and the caregiving 
um, activities within the home. So that, that needs to change as well. All right. Employflex.ie is your website. Karen O'Reilly, founder of Employflex. Pleasure as always. Thanks for joining us, Karen. Thanks, Jonathan. And that's it for this episode of Red Business. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget Red Business in Focus with thanks to Cork's local enterprise offices is up and running right now. You can watch it on redfm.ie. Fiona Corcoran was the producer and we'll catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.